everybody. Welcome to episode 38 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam, and I am across the table from my friend Dave. What's up, man? Hey, good to be with you again. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's good to be with me, too. <laughs> here we are. Yes, here we are in our usual haunting grounds. Is that is that a thing? Is that a phrase? Yeah. Okay. An, our old haunt. Your haunt, yes. Yes. <laughs> It's becoming that way. It'd be much more haunting if the lights were out, but then it'd be weird because it'd be me in the dark. And... <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat> it's episode 38. Let's talk about stuff. Uh, first things first, I got a, uh, an email alerting me that there is a new book put out by Nine Marks. Are you familiar with Nine Marks, Dave? Um, I am through you. Oh. That's okay. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't spend a lot of time there, but I'm I'm familiar with it, and uh, the time that I have gone there, found it beneficial. So, for those of you that don't know, Nine Marks is an organization um, put together, and well, Mark Mark Dever is a pastor at Capitol Hill Baptist in D.C. Real smart dude. Uh, I quite like him. Um, and the stuff that he's written. Um, and so nine marks has kind of grown out of that church and is, he's not necessarily the leader of it, but a lot of the people from his church and a lot of the pastors that he has worked with, um, over the course of time have kind of come together to build this organization. And, um, it's all about the church and making the church better. And what is the church and how does the church operate and what should the church be doing and, and all of that sort of stuff. And so they put out a quarterly journal, which is, um, very good. Uh, so like I said, it comes out every quarter and it's, I mean, it's not, um, stuff for the, the faint of heart. It is in depth, long form, um, theological, um, discourse, uh, and each journal has a theme. And, um, if you go to nine marks.org and I, I'm pretty sure it's, uh, yeah, nine is the number and then marks the word M A R K S. You can, um, take a peek at, at previous journals and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but alongside of that, they have, they have put out a bunch of books as well again, centered on the church. And so this one that they put out today, or at least that I got the email for, is called Why Trust the Bible? Which is kind of an important question if you're considering, you know, Jesus and Christianity saying, you know, being that the Bible is the basis for everything. So it's only $8.45. It's not expensive. You know, it's not like a a $25 hardcover with someone's smiley face on the front. it's actually, it looks like it's all white with just the words, why trust the Bible and Greg Gilbert's name on the front. Um, but it's this author's attempt to explain to Christians and non-Christians alike why the Bible is trustworthy. After so many, you know, hundreds and thousands of years, why can we trust the words that we read in our English versions today? What is, uh, you know... How did it get transmitted? How is it protected? All that sort of stuff. So uh, I've not read the book yet. I'd like to. It's probably going to be on my to-read list, which, you know, grows longer. It, it grows faster than I can <laughs> read it. It's kind of like a teenager. It just keeps growing. 
But anyhow, we just wanted to uh, alert you to that. Thought that might be a uh, good affordable stocking stuffer <laughs> if you wanted to give a friend or a family member um, a book worth reading. And then um, once I read it, maybe I'll share some thoughts on it. But I just saw that today and thought it was interesting. Dave doesn't think it's interesting. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to look at it yet. That's okay. Dave. The things that I have found there, I do agree with and find it very beneficial. So it's definitely worth a look. Yeah. The, uh, it's, I, I find their stuff to be very helpful, uh, thought provoking, well, well spoken, well written, well thought through. Nothing is fluff. It's not just, it's not social media cruft. It is well thought through and purposefully written um, information and discussion. I, I really, I, I can't recommend their stuff enough. I think, I think they are in a world of, as we've spoken to earlier before we started recording in a world of let's just share our opinions on stuff and just not do anything about it. They seem to me to be a group that is not so much about sharing opinions as it is wrestling with the truth and how that truth gets worked out through the church. Yeah. Um, so, like, they kind of intimidate me a little bit. <laughs> like, if I was at, at one of, you know, their churches, I'd be like, oh, man, do I really belong here? <laughs> and not so much, like, in a they, like in a bad way, but just, like, they would... When I read their stuff, I feel like they're calling me to be better. Right. And that's a good thing. And good I need thing. that. And so, so the, the, the intimidation is just, it's out of respect for people that I see doing things correctly mm-hmm. and that I wish I could be like, and then I go do stupid stuff because I'm me. Um, so anyways, just, I, I really couldn't, you know, speak more highly of the stuff that they put out. So check it out. Nine marks. There'll be a link in the show notes. Awesome. Dave, you know what you know what today is? What let's see. I don't know. No, I don't it's know. It's Tuesday. It is Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Which means two days from now is Thursday. Yes. Which means it's when the the Lions lose on national television. <laughs> yeah. Although they, they keep insist on winning games lately. I can't I can't understand why. But anyways, Thanksgiving is Thursday, Dave. It is. And uh, I wanted to know what do you enjoy most about Thanksgiving? What do I enjoy the most about Thanksgiving? Um, uh, yeah, probably eating. <laughs> that would be my favorite. Stuffing is an acceptable answer. Yes. It's my favorite. Because so. it's turkey when you can have stuffing and mashed potatoes. <laughs> yes. So. So well, food. Food, yeah. That That's fair. That would be my answer for Thanksgiving. Yeah. I don't know what my favorite thing is. Food's pretty good. <laughs> I think getting paid and not being at work, that's nice as well. That is, yes, having the day off is a good thing. I feel like we should have had something a little more, you know, sentimental or appropriate, <laughs> but food and free money, that's that's, that's okay with the me. The American way. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Moving on. All right. Dear listener, I have a question for you. Yes, you, the one listening to my voice right now. David and I would like to know what resources or cool stuff 
that you are using that we need to know about. So I just mentioned nine marks as a resource and a place that I like to go. But I know that there are plenty of other books, websites, blogs, podcasts, um, organizations or ministries that I don't really know anything about. And I would like for you to inform us about them so that we might uh, broaden our horizons a bit and maybe get to know some some new or older folks or organizations that we just maybe have missed just because of, of where we live. Don't punch the mic, Dave. <laughs> what did it do to you? Nothing. He's got so my, got He's my so way. Angry. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so if you have um, a good book or resource or anything that you think that we need to know about, um, assume that we know nothing because that's probably close to the truth. (laughs) Um, Go ahead and let us know. And here's my favorite part of the show, guys. Dave, where can they let us know? (laughs) They can let us know uh, on Twitter at Masterclass FM. They can... uh, well, that would be the show, and then they can get you at Cam Brennan, and then get me at 10.8HBO on Twitter. Uh, we also have a email account, which I don't know that we really ever get emails. Well, we get emails, but we get they, emails. they don't ever come to that email address. <laughs> uh, Jerome sends them to my personal, personal. account. So masterclassfm at gmail.com. And then uh, you can check us out at masterclassfm.com. Dot com. Dot com. And then um, masterclassfm.com slash masterclass slash 38 for show notes specific to the show that you're listening to right now. You're just beating me to the punch, Dave. (laughs) And then if you want to listen to any previous shows, you can, that slash last number is whatever number episode. And generally, if we refer back to an episode, we'll make an effort to let you know which one it is. So, or cam does, I don't have anything to do with that. So yeah, but you could play like masterclass FM roulette and just masterclass FM.com slash masterclass slash 17. And, and see what you the get. Audio is there to listen to. Yeah. So you don't even have to leave your browser and, and all the links are there. And depending on how far back you go, you might get the, uh, the scary old days when we just sat around one microphone and you heard everything in my house. <laughs> I've listened to a few of those. They're not that bad. That's very generous of you, Dave. <laughs> There's, I like tell people, I'm like, don't listen to anything before episode 22. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Cause I think the content's good, but it's just, yeah, like, you okay, hear the background, get... my dogs chasing each other down the hallway, the neighbor <laughs> mowing their lawn or yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> And now we have to throw those in. We have to make yes. the sound effects instead of... <laughs> we use it as, as audio B-roll just to make it feel like we're in a live environment. So we just get uh, the water running here. That's yeah, the main... toilet flushes. <laughs> I'm sorry, the shower. The shower. In heavy quotes. Anyways, that's, that's an inside joke for people that have listened to the show for a while. Sure. And also, no about our Facebook page, but hey, that's like 12 people. Our Facebook page? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't use that much, do Yeah. We? No, it pretty much just posts new episodes. I I I don't even use Facebook, so well it just makes me angry. On that <laughs> note, let's read the Bible. Sure. Dave, will you do us the honors? Good sir? I sure will. Matthew ten, 
verses 40 through 42. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. There's a lot of repetition in that one. It's kind of like <laughs> a tongue twister. It is a little bit, yes. All right. Let's ask some questions. Okay. All right. What does receive mean in these verses? Because he says receive a lot. So I feel like that probably is a important word or concept to understand to get a better understanding of what's going on here. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the word, I think it's, and I don't know if we need to expand a little bit more here, but um, whoever acknowledges you acknowledges me and whoever acknowledges me receives him who sent me. So, um, I, you know, I don't, I, I, it's just not a way, you know, we don't really use the word receive much in this day and age. Yeah. Not so much outside of football. <laughs> yeah. So we actually think of it as I receive a gift or the wide receiver caught the football. But is there, is there a, a, pertinent modern illustration there in the the receiver catching the football when it comes to this or am I just grasping at straws with my sticky gloves <laughs> um you know I, I i guess the go ahead if you have well, something that you're I, I think the in my mind at least which is you know as we as we know a scary place there's a difference between acknowledgement and reception because mm-hmm. when you brought that word acknowledge up, I was like, okay, yes, but it, reception seems to be a little bit more right. Um, There's more of action. an accepting or grasping onto than say acknowledging. Like for example, if we were to use the wide receiver, a wide receiver who receives the pass catches it and holds on to it while getting hit, whereas the receiver who acknowledges the pass watches it sail over his head, and looks at the quarterback, and goes, "Yeah, I saw it." <laughs> like, the, and maybe I'm, I'm oversimplifying or, or, but there's, to me, there's a difference between acknowledgement and reception. And I think for whatever reason, I, I, well, I didn't do the research to look at the Greek word here, even though I should have. Um, but the, the concept to me of receiving somebody is much more, um, has much more ownership to it than acknowledging somebody mm-hmm. um, letting some like for example letting somebody into your home to me seems to be receiving them whereas just waving to your neighbor on the street would be acknowledging them does that make sense yes um, this goes even farther than what if, if we look at the message uh, by Eugene Peterson um, it says we are intimately linked that's <laughs> that sounds a lot more like conception, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> intimately linked. So that's um, and that's a 
mean, that's about as personal of a relationship as you can have to be intimately linked with somebody. So if we rephrase it, well, do you have the message pulled up? I do. Do you want to read those few verses sure. in that one? Um, we are intimately linked in his harvest work. Anyone who accepts what you do accepts me, the one who sent you. Anyone who accepts what I do accepts my Father, who sent me. Accepting a messenger of God is as good as being God's messenger. Accepting someone's help is as good as giving someone help. This is a large work I've called you into, but don't be overwhelmed by it. It's best to start small. Give a cool cup of water to someone who is thirsty, for instance. The smallest act of giving or receiving makes you a true apprentice. You won't lose out on the thing. On the thing. <laughs> Eugene. A on. thing. You won't a lose thing. out on a thing. Okay. Yeah, so whoever receives or accepts these disciples, meaning whoever invites them into their home, whoever feeds them, whoever uh, right. joins with them in the sharing of the gospel, whoever becomes a friend to them, uh, says, Jesus says, whoever does that to you automatically accepts me. So there's a sort of, um, not guilty by association, but, um, a blessing by association. Exactly. <laughs> the opposite, right? So whoever, whoever reaches out and accepts or receives you into their lives does that to me as well. But then he goes a step further. Whoever receives me receives him who sent me. So what this tells me is that when Jesus sends the disciples out to share, you know, the gospel and, and, and to work miracles and, and to spread the kingdom of God, then, and then when he gives the, the, you know, uh, the great commission to go out and make disciples of, of, of the whole world, he is saying to us, like there is, there is innate power and importance in the act of evangelism, yes. right? Cause if they accept you, then they, by default, accept me and the one who sent me. So there's this direct, like crazy Russian doll situation where all of a sudden it goes from little us to big God. Right. Um, just in a matter of a second. And I think that is something that we probably should not overlook right. in discussing this. So, um, I guess my question to you is, is what do you think about that? And then what does it, what does it say about God that he gives such um, importance to the work that he has given us? Uh, I, I think this is a, an early on illustration of, um, you know, that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of different parts to the body and every, every part plays its role and every role is as important as the other. And so I think there's this element here of, you know, well, if I can't be an eye, then I don't want to be a part of the body. I don't, I, you know, I want to be as important as an eye. And, you know, if I can't be, if I can't be an apostle, if I can't be one of the four, you know, forerunners of, of spreading uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, well, then I'm not going to participate. I don't want to do anything. And I think this is an illustration of we all have a different role to play. We all have different gifts uh, that we were given. And so, you know, somebody that um, is hospitable to 
a an apostle, somebody that was, um, you know, spreading the word of Christ or a prophet. Um, that is just as important as what the prophet is doing, and I think you know for us today, um, you know, financially supporting a ministry is important. Financially supporting our local church is uh, very important. You know, supporting a missionary is important. And while I may not be uh, physically with that person doing the work overseas, spreading the gospel, uh, there's value in the money that I am sending to that person uh, to support them. So to me, this is just an example of uh, the body of Christ and how that we have, we all have different roles that we play and that, um, you know, everybody is important. There's not just a, um, well, I won't say what I'm thinking of right now, so uh, which probably isn't fair to the listener, sorry. Or me. <laughs> or gosh. you. All right. I'm thinking about uh I'm thinking about being a big toe and I'm picturing the movie Stripes and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Total Random. It's amazing. Oh, army drills, sir. <laughs> uh it's amazing how when you're here talking, these like images are like going through your head and um yeah, so we may have to. Uh, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, link to the uh, the big toe. Oh my gosh! Clip of that. Movie. That's such a good movie. Not very appropriate, but no, still really funny. It is funny. Or it was Army Training, sir. That's what the line is. It's Army Training, yeah. sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bill Murray. Oh my goodness, so good. Mm-hmm. And uh, who's the other guy? He was Egon. What was his name? Ren, uh, Ray, 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 Ramus, John, uh, Ramus, John Ramus. Oh, I feel like <laughs> such a horrible person right now. Anyways, I can he died a while ago. He did. Sad. He was in that movie as well. He was the co-star with Bill Murray. Come on, Dave, I'm stalling. <laughs> go go gadget I, google i i do believe it's yeah john no not john that's <laughs> i have pictures of john stamos on my, <laughs> <laughs> that hair on my phone right now so oh boy Yeah, I, I feel bad that this did not. Harold Ramis. There we go. That Harold Ramis. Right. Not Jan Stamos. <laughs> not John Stamos, but. Although, as good looking as John Stamos was, Harold Ramis was equally as funny. So, there you go. Yes. Now, back to the Bible. Back to the Bible. <laughs> All right. So, how. How can we, now let me, let me back up this whole, um, the one who, um, receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Like, okay. So the person who, who accepts, receives, treats God's prophet with their, you know, their due mm-hmm. will receive the same reward as the actual prophet. This, this does not compute because. It's like saying the person who helps the 
millionaire NFL football player on the side of the road with a flat tire will receive the NFL player's salary, even though he is a postman. There is a, in, in our culture, a, a distinct gap yes. between those two um, professions. Yes. Not, not because one person is better than the other, but because one is famous and rich and everyone knows them, whereas the other one is not. Mm-hmm. Even though the service they provide is something that we rely on every day. Yep. So how can we understand this sort of relationship? Uh, why, why would God establish something like this? Why would he make such a silly statement? And to maybe what you said earlier, how can we encourage Christians to act as if it's true, you know, either by giving to, to missions or ministries? Like there's just, there's a lot of ways in which this practically can get worked out. Um, and so uh, I just threw like four questions at you. So <laughs> good luck. Uh, you know, I think the first thing that we need to remember is uh, God's, I don't know if this is the right word I'm looking for, but it's what's coming to mind. God's economics is different than our economics. It's not a, um, you know, it's like, it's like you said, there's, we have this mentality of, um, just it, we pay people more for, you know, celebrity status. We don't pay people more. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm stumbling over my words based here. Based on the value they provide us, but based like, on like the value teachers, perhaps. Us. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and I, I it uh, our, our culture has, you know, um, we've gotten to the point where the court gesture, you know, once upon a time the court jester was simply that he was the court jester. He was an entertainment and would could be disposed of at the king's whim or whatever. And we have, in our culture, in our society, we have elevated the court jester to basically the highest um, uh, admiration um, when really the court jester is still the court jester. All you're doing is entertaining. And granted, there's some value in that, but... Uh, we've overinflated how we like to be entertained. Um, so anyway, I'm trying, I'm trying to get back to this <laughs> appropriate conversation here with scripture boy struggling tonight. <laughs> oh my. It's okay, Dave. It's all right. The struggle is real for everybody. <laughs> uh, you, you know, I just, I, I, again, God does not view us the way the world views us. And the value that we have to come from does not come from us. Ultimately, it does come from him. And so if we think on any level, we're contributing value um, beyond who we are in him, then we're pretty much deceiving ourselves in that. And we're looking for value in places where it really doesn't matter because our, our value is in God, as we've talked about before. And... um. You know, I just, it, it doesn't make sense. It's not something that we can quickly uh, grasp our mind around because in our world and the way we live, it just doesn't happen that way. Um, you know, it's uh, in addition to our values being skewed, um, 
I, I don't think any of us could even fathom just the sense of, um, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to be rewarded, uh, for not just doing nothing, but I'm going to get rewarded for actually doing the opposite of what I should be doing. And I think there's an element of that in grace with God, you know, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, you know, in God, God math, that's what I was trying to think of earlier, not economics In God math, um, uh, you know, for us to really get what we deserve, uh, it would be hell. And so, um, we don't get what we deserve. We get, uh, his grace and the forgiveness of sin and we get eternal life. And so, um, to take that and then apply it to the gifting uh, of of the body. Uh, again, God has created us for different purposes, and He's gifted, gifted us with different gifts. And um, to basically say what I have to offer the body of Christ is not worth offering. Essentially, what we're saying is, is you know, God didn't create me to have any value, and so uh, you know, because I am. Uh, the person who financially supports the missionary, I don't have the value that the missionary has uh, when that is obviously not true. So I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but. Well, yeah, I just, I think that there is a, um, especially in that last illustration, there is a unity and team focus there when I, someone says I may not be able to go but I do have the ability to pray or provide funds or materials that the missionary can use. And so I I think that it is vitally important for Christians to view their role in the kingdom as, you know, the Bible says part of the body or as maybe Americans might better understand part of the team. Mm-hmm. It is not the job of the goalie to score all the goals. Right. You would never ask that of the goalie. The goalie's job is to prevent the goals and let the other people take care of the other stuff. And so, you know, as, as someone who, you know, may not be called to missions, your, your job and your way to contribute to the team is not to go, but it may be to help somebody else go. And that does not diminish the importance of the work that you're doing or the help that you're providing. Mm -hmm. And I just think that there's so much about our society that is fame and glory driven. You know, we're not getting glory in battle. Like, you know, we live in Sparta, but we're getting fame and glory by being an athlete or a actor or musician or politician. Right. But just little old me who, you know, works at a bank, there's no glory or fame for me. That's not the point. You know, if, if we trust what the Bible says, all glory and fame belongs to God anyways, and everything else is just vanity. Mm -hmm. And so God calls his people to specific roles in specific places at specific times. And just because your role seems to be less glamorous in the culture of your time does not mean that it is less important to the kingdom of God. And I feel like this is something that we could do a whole lot better about when teaching 
scripture in the local church. Mm, absolutely. Because in, in a culture that is so obsessed with celebrity, everyone feels like they need to somehow prove that they are special enough that they can be important too. When in God's math or economics, as you say, everyone is important and special because they are made in his image, not because they have more Twitter followers than somebody else or they have a YouTube channel Mm -hmm. or a podcast. (laughs) This doesn't make us more important or more special or more better than other people that don't have a podcast. We just like to talk. Yes. It doesn't doesn't make us better (laughs) or God does not love us more because we have this podcast or less. Yeah, it it is what it is and he will use it as he sees fit. And our, our value as human beings and as in our case, sons of God is not wrapped up in how successful or unsuccessful the podcast is. Right. Yep. It just, it's a thing and we do it. And. That's it. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's First uh, Corinthians 12, which is what referencing, but specifically First um, uh, Corinthians 12:22 says, "On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable." And I think that is, I think where many of us as followers of Christ, um, who don't have a huge audience to who don't have a huge audience to uh, speak to, uh, we can get drawn into this. Um, I'm weaker, but it, you know, the scripture says on the contrary, uh, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And then it even goes on to there that um, the things that we think are less honorable, we bestow the greatest honor. So, you know, it, it we need to get our identity in Christ and not our identity in the things of the world because uh, it's just funny because I would venture to guess that that's probably, for many of us today, that is probably where our biggest, you know, being depressed or feeling bad about ourselves or all that, you know, it, it really just comes from uh, we live in a world of celebrity. And if we're not, <laughs> like you said, if we don't have thousands of followers or whatever it may be, we start to feel down about ourselves. So anyway. All right. Let's talk about, so we talked about receiving and and all that sort of stuff, but what does the term reward here mean? Because I don't know about you, but growing up in, you know, my tradition, uh, rewards or getting good stuff because you're a good Christian. Like that was never talked about. And so I kind of have this like base reaction of, Oh, I don't want rewards. I don't know. I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it to be, you know, like a good Christian. And so help me wrestle with this, Dave, be my counselor for the next few minutes. (laughs) Uh, you know, I, I guess I would say that I'm in the same boat that you are in terms of, um, it seems um, unchristian to want a reward or to be acknowledged for uh, the work that we do for him. And that, uh, well, even when we are acknowledged 
we're supposed to show this at least at least kind oh, of a, a false humility. Oh. Of, <laughs> um, yeah, being acknowledged or being rewarded, and I'm just gonna say that uh, the more I read scripture and the more I pay attention uh, to these kinds of things, and I we I know we've talked about it before. Is I I just I believe that um, we will be rewarded. Um, for um, the things that we do in this life, the things that we choose in this life, um, you know, uh, still, without a doubt, uh, our salvation is not something that can be earned. Um, I I even think that in terms of the choices that we make and the things that we do in this world, God is sort of like, um, you know, we really truly do have free choice to do whatever it is that we want to do. But I do believe there's an element of you chose this over this. So you chose, uh, well, let's say you chose fifty bucks. You chose to give your fifty bucks uh, to a homeless person and providing them with a need, meeting a need that they had that required the fifty dollars, versus you know taking your fifty bucks and uh, going out to dinner and you know spending it on. Uh, again, I don't think, you know, choosing to go out to dinner with your wife and spending $50 on a dinner is bad or is it, it's evil, but I'm becoming of the opinion based on what I'm reading in scripture, that if I choose to spend that $50 on someone other than myself, someone that's in need, um, there is a direct connection to what I'm going to experience in heaven. Now, I can't tell you, you know, you're on the gold level if you spend $50,000. <laughs> you're on the platinum level. If Am you... I going to get two times the cash back, Dave? That's <laughs> yeah, what I want to know. And angel bucks, of course. Yeah, exactly. Um, and again, I don't think, uh, I don't think, I don't believe there's going to be jealousy in heaven. I don't think there's going to be. That's going to be a trick, isn't there? Huh? No jealousy in heaven. Yeah. I want to see how he pulls that off. <laughs> He's God. Well, so. I, I'm not saying he can't. All <laughs> I'm saying is I want to see how he does it. It'll be like, so that's how David Copperfield got the elephants to disappear. <laughs> like that sort of amazement. Right. Yes. So, yeah, I, like I said, um, uh, I believe that there is a reward in heaven and it's not just about a hey your reward is a uh, good job well good 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 job well done well done good, and good and faithful. i was like that's not right but it's not <laughs> i get in these good like done well servant i get <laughs> these loops and i can't break it so <laughs> it gets played over and over again anyway so all right that's fair I guess my my response is is just kind of my experience is that you don't you don't want to be prideful, you don't want to do things for the wrong reasons, you don't you know all of that stuff that can be construed as shame or whatever. Um but I I I don't think that you can read the Bible and say that there are no rewards, that God does not give rewards to folks for 
whatever reasons he sees fit. Right. Um, and you know, whether your room is next to the ice box or, you know, in the penthouse or however he arranges the big, big house that he's gone to build for us. Uh, I believe that in a way that only he is capable of, he will make it so that the people who do not have all of the rewards that those that do will, like, as you said, there will be no jealousy, which, you know, as I said, is, I I want to see it. I, you know, I just want to see how that's done because, you know, at that point you just, clap your hands and say, you really must be God because I know people and this is not how people act. Uh, No. So I just, I don't know. I I wanted, and I'm glad that you, you shared your views on that because I just, I'm at a place um, in my understanding of scripture that, that rewards do exist and rewards are given based on, um, you know, how we follow God but I still have that tension of don't seek the rewards. Don't be prideful. Don't. And and not that those two are the same things, but there is a tension there of uncomfortability, uncomfortableness. There we go. (laughs) um, That I am trying to understand. Yeah. There's this don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing kind of mentality of, well, you should just give because you want to give and, and out of your heart. And, um, I, 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 I think God honors a reluctant giver of God. I want to be able to do this joyfully. I want to do it because I want to be, have all the right motives, but I'm telling you, I'm choosing to give you this 50 bucks and I, hate it. And I don't like it. <laughs> And, you know, and I think, I think there needs to be that heart of I'm acknowledging that I don't like it. God, I want you to change me. I want you to, to, to work in my life and I want to, I want you to move. Um, but I think the reality is, 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 um, we may not see those rewards in this life. Um, and so there, there's something just intrinsic of, you know, living for a life that is unseen or a reward that is unseen, uh, that that is not going to happen here, you know, cause we're not talking about the prosperity gospel, just to be clear, you know, it's not like give 50 and you'll get 500, give 500, you'll get 5,000. No, not that's saying a, that at all. That's a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> uh, but uh, in terms of eternal reward, you, you just can't even begin to, to fathom that. And even in that, there are just things in my life that I'm like, Oh man, I wish I could do that. And, um, uh, you know, I think I've mentioned here before, I've always wanted to be a race car driver. Oh. Uh, and so when I see Formula people, uh, Formula or NASCAR. <laughs> uh, I'd be more Formula One than NASCAR, but... <laughs> we can still be friends. Good job, <laughs> yeah, Steve. I'm not going to say... I mean, NASCAR has its merits, but it's such an American... Again, another Americanized kind of... Uh, <laughs> But anyway, I can um, just see the conversation and I'm going to piss somebody off here, but I don't care. (laughs) Well, look at this course here. There's a bunch of turns. There's about 25 turns, about 10 or left and 15 or right. Let's simplify that (laughs) and make everyone just turn left. We're just going to do a big circle for two and a half hours. Yeah. That sounds like the greatest sport ever. Done. Let's put stickers in all the cars. It'll be so pretty. 
Yeah, and I then don't, I don't get it. I, well, and I then really open don't. wheel is so much more difficult. And hey, here's a novel idea which I just realized after catching NASCAR. Uh, I think it was not this past weekend, but the weekend before. Uh, Formula One races in the rain. There's a novel thing. Apparently, they can't go in a circle in the rain. They don't have rain tires. So, well, and if you, if you're gonna race. The open wheel is way more dangerous anyways. Yeah, far Plus more. you throw in the rain. But guess what sport? Well, I don't know. There's been there's been a few recent deaths in Formula One. Um, yeah. They're, they're both very dangerous. It is. It is dangerous. I'm, and, and, but. And you still have to be an athlete to do it. I mean, it, it, it is very draining to even be a NASCAR driver. But to me, watching a Formula One Grand Prix versus watching, you know, a NASCAR, <laughs> you know, Talladega or, or, you know, Michigan or whatever. Is is kind of like watching Steve Nash in his prime when he's with the Suns, mm-hmm. just shredding defenses as a point guard, and then watching someone play video games. Of it, <laughs> like it, not the same. It's not, and I know there's a lot of people that love NASCAR. It's a huge sport. I'm going to say sport because I I will acknowledge this. You have to be talented to do oh, what those no. guys do, and it is physically draining to do what they do. It is, but now, granted, to me, NASCAR, back in the day, they used to smoke cigarettes as they were going around the track. Are we really having this? Okay, I know we've totally gotten on the team. To me, NASCAR is like golf. <laughs> it takes incredible talent, and it does take a very f- physical amount of work to get it done. I do not think that NASCAR drivers and golfers are athletes. And now shoot me if you want. I think basketball players are athletes. That doesn't mean that, that driving a NASCAR vehicle or playing professional golf is, is any less difficult. I think it's even probably more difficult, but I don't think that makes you an athlete because you're not relying on quickness or speed to get your job done. You're relying on precision over duration so maybe i'm wrong i don't know <laughs> how did this become a sports show dave i don't know sorry i uh, derailed us yeah you this was car crash is what it was uh in in uh <laughs> i don't even know where we were at i'm so lost well and back to you're not an athlete I <laughs> something still... something lewis hamilton he's the best i know <laughs> i remember john crook uh, oh yeah, talking about baseball players. I'm not an athlete. I'm a baseball. Player. I love I love Crook. <laughs> so I do too. He's such a chub. <laughs> you look at him and you think, "There's no way in the world you're a professional athlete." And he's he's what, like, "I'm not I'm a lifetime like what three thirty oh, hitter." Yeah, he, well, not quite that high, but yeah, still relatively successful. Yes. And you look at him and you're like, there's Hitting no Hitting a round way. ball with a round bat is not an easy task. No, I'm terrible. I didn't make it past Little League. I couldn't, I couldn't hit a ball if my life depended on it. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Um, let's end the show, please. Are we at the end already? <laughs> uh, well, if we, if we aren't, we should be because clearly this is, we're just talking about sports now, Dave. Yeah. That's all right. Did I mention that Michigan plays Ohio State on Saturday? You did. I'm really excited. I may be devastated by the time we record next week, <laughs> but as of now, I'm hopeful. Yes, that's why they play the game. It's the game. You the are game. correct. Capital T, capital G, Dave. The game. The game. And it's at the big house. 
and people from the Ohio State University <laughs> are going to be disappointed on Saturday. Oh, no. Because, you know, as if there were like multiple Ohio State universities, they have to declare which one they're from. They get really excited when they can spell a four-letter word. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying Ohio's a four-letter word. I'm just saying. Oh, man. Okay, Dave, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the worst ending of a show ever. Thank you so much for listening to episode 38 <laughs> of the Masterclass. Um, despite the spiral of terribleness that just happened, uh, we really are glad that you listen. And uh, we do want to know what you think about um, the scripture that we talked about today, Matthew 10, 40 through 42. Um, and also what resources uh, you yes. are using right now, because we just want to learn. We want to make sure that we are not in the dark about uh, good stuff. And we want to help encourage other folks by providing good resources. So get in contact. As Dave said earlier, you can get us on Twitter at masterclass FM. You can email us masterclass FM at gmail.com. And if you want to get the show notes, which are sure to have lots of links today, <laughs> yeah. I will link to all of the nonsense at the end. Uh, <laughs> you can find that at masterclass FM.com slash masterclass slash 38. Uh, any closing thoughts, Dave? Nope. All, all, all. I'm going to say is hail to the victors. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> we'll and find then, out next yes, time we get together. Next week, if the show opens with me weeping, it's because it didn't go my way. <laughs> but anyways, that's it for now. Auf Wiedersehen. Farewell. Goodbye. Have a great day. Goodbye.